Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show, the quick-fire NBA podcast bringing you even more basketball content, but in half the time. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and joining me this week is Mark. Mark, how you doing, mate? I feel a bit lost without Wardy here. Yeah, it's a shame he's not here. It's a shame he's not here, but uh, we, we, have to, we have to create this incredibly in-demand basketball content, so we push through. We push through. <laughs> here with that additional content for all of our seven listeners <laughs> right i'm gonna edit that so it says 700 but it's fine we'll go with it we'll go with it um no we're, we're, this is a slightly different episode for anyone that has listened to our previous episodes this is a slightly different format this is the hoops and recreation halftime show the idea here is that we're going to alternate this show with the standard hoops and recreation episode so the idea is that one week you're going to get a longer format the four quarters, the four 12-minute quarters. In between that, you're going to get the shorter halftime show where basically it's quick, snappy, straight to the point, biggest headlines for the week, no messing about. Um, just us talking about basketball to bring you more basketball content, but in half the time. So, Mark, we are gonna we do have kind of one slight segment for, for this episode and uh, we're going to call it One Word Headlines. Uh, the idea is that I'm going to present you with a series of NBA headlines um, and all I need from you is a simple word or short phrase. I'm not going to be mean and say it has to be one word, but a short word or phrase. Your reaction to this headline. Do you understand the rules of the game? Let's do it, bro. I'm ready. Let's go for it. So, uh, headline number one. We're starting really positive. Uh, Spurs release 2021 first round pick after exposing himself to female staff. Shame. Big shame. Big shame. Um, headline number two. Lakers bring Russ off the bench for their first win of the season. Triple double Russ is back. He's back. Rock the baby. Um, headline number three. <laughs> Bojan Bogdanovic signs two year extension with the Pistons. Get money, boy. Get that bag. Get that bag. Uh, number four, DeMar DeRozan reached 20,000 career points. Coach Pop, class. 100%. And finally, uh, ending on a positive note, the Nets lose again with Kyrie and KD both scoring 25-plus points apiece. What is Ben Simmons? Who is Ben Simmons? Well, now, now, now we've covered our one-word headlines. We're going to get into our main discussion point for this week. And the main kind of overarching topic of this episode is big week, big performances. Mark, we have had some uh, rather big plays from unexpected teams, maybe some more expected players. But, mate, we've had an exciting first like kind of couple of weeks of the season there has been some ridiculous games and we're just going to kind of shine a light on some of the kind of big plays from the last week or so um big one to start with Luca um is officially the first player since Michael Jordan in 1986 to drop 30 plus points in consecutive games the first six consecutive games of the season um i don't think this necessarily comes as too much of a surprise i think if anyone was going to do it you could probably put money on either luca or Giannis to do it but he has been an absolute machine uh this season have you managed to catch many uh luca highlights this year so far i love watching luca madness um and I love the way the Mavs play, even if there is a lot of isolation, like there's a lot of stuff going through Luca. You know, the the amount that he has the ball is ridiculous. Um, and I think they'll also be a little bit disappointed that even though he's had those six games with 30 points each, they are three and three. You yeah. Know, they're, they're, they're fine, which is fine. 
you know, like last season, the Mavs kind of coasted through the season a little bit and then turned it up in the playoffs. But I think the squad this year is a lot better and I think they would have expected to do a lot more. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And they've had a couple of like kind of uh, some some close games. Or I'll tell you what, I was listening to um, uh, Locked On NBA podcast the other, uh, earlier on today and they were saying that for a lot of their games so far, it's been the fourth quarter that's been a problem. Um, I think the recent win they had, I can't remember who it was against, was the f- one like one of the first games this season that they haven't blown a fourth quarter lead. Like they they went into the fourth they went into the fourth quarter and actually managed to win the game. Yeah. Like all of their three losses so far, they've been going into the fourth quarter in the lead and then have blown it. Do you think that's because teams are locking Luca down in the fourth? You know, you know how everybody, every team steps up their defense in the yeah, fourth. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like when the playoffs start, you're like, oh, like you, you, you can actually play deep. Um, like in the fourth quarter, people really lock Luca down, and they, they yeah. really, they've got other players that can do stuff, but they don't really look for those. They, you know, they, the, the first option and second option and third option it, it is Luca one on one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, it might be. It might be. And it's also it's just like, how long can you play that ISO basketball with Luca? Like, of yeah. course, he's great at getting his teammates involved. Like some of the passes that you've seen this week, the Absolutely. one where he tripped and like threw the bounce pass the, against the Nets where he did the kind of behind the back kind of blind pass. Um, like some of his Incredible. passes. It's just the Cleaver, yeah. Stupid, stupid passing. Yeah. But like you and said, the majority. Said, said he expected that pass because he knows what no, Luca's like. No, he didn't. <laughs> if you look at the pass, the ball almost smacks him in the face. Like that was a oh shit, the ball's there. Better, better catch it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the players I so play. I think I saw again another article. I think it might have been on Bleacher Report or something like that, where someone said like, "Can Luca win MVP or can the Mavs?" Um, win a chip with Luca playing like he's playing my player on NBA 2K and teams just must over to over the course of the game they must just kind of understand what he's going to do there's only so many times that he can cook someone without them going oh I get what he's doing now yeah and I think if you look historically at incredibly good offensive players and the ones I'm thinking of at the moment are like Tracy McGrady um Kobe Bryant when he was quite young yeah. uh you know b- before he had Shaq um and when he didn't have Powell uh and Alan Iverson um those guys have all been you know as good as you can be offensively yeah but very much one option and you know Kobe was successful when he had a, a great teammate but apart from that didn't you know Tracy and AI both didn't win anything um although AI got to the finals um, and obviously won, won MVP um, honours um, as well. But I don't know if you can go all the way with that style of basketball. It's not big. James Harden was the same when he was... I was just about to say Harden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yannis is really the only one who's been able to lead the league offensively and, you know, in recent times, to be able to lead the league offensively um, and win a chip, being far and above the best player you know he didn't really you know chris middleton is good um yeah but andrew holiday is good but they're not you know kind of the the top tier of 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 players so 
he, he could do it. I wonder if Luca could do it as well. And Giannis is different because the ball wasn't in his hands all the time. Like I was going to say, it's a different style of game, isn't it? I mean, Giannis, is gonna, he's going to drive and he can kick out to Middleton. He's going to be able to hit a three. Yeah. He can kick out to Drew, who's going to be able to hit a three. Plus, they can create for themselves. I wonder if it's more of a supporting cast thing. But uh, the Mavs are looking, uh, despite the record, three and three, like I think a lot of people were worried going into the season, the fact that JaVel McGee was going to be their starting centre. Like, why are you bringing Wood off the bench? And actually, like, I feel like... I- I feel like I've messed up our sixth man of the year prediction already. Like I feel as if <laughs> Christian, Wood, Christian Woods, yeah, if he keeps yeah. playing like he is now, yeah. he's doing really well off the bench. He's a great player. And Javel's a good starter because he knows what he's doing. Like, you know, he's got three chips yeah. um, because he, he, he knows what his role is and he's not playing big minutes either. No. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see like how this can progress and actually will these yeah. Luca performances result in... Um, more Mavs wins because he's the, he's the odds-on favourite for MVP this year. So many people looking on loads of different betting houses. He is the odds-on favourite for MVP. Well, as soon as you are starting to get kind of statistics which are in line with Michael Jordan, then yeah. you, you, that's, you're, you're, you're on the right track to... Uh, yeah, you're not doing bad. To, <laughs> yeah. I looked at um, the, the most ever 30-point games in the season was Will Chamberlain, who had 78 30 point games in the season so Jesus. I don't think Luca's going to do that um, but Wilt did also average you know uh, 50 points a game uh, for one season as well yeah. the league was a little yeah I don't think Luca's going to be able to get that many 30 point games but yeah he, he could potentially uh, be the the leader in 30 point games um, we, we have 11 players in the league at the moment who are averaging 30 points per game which Madness. I know we're in a very young season. We're only six or seven games in, but it's crazy. Um, and two of them are on a terrible team as well, which is the the Brooklyn Nets, as we already mentioned, who are who are one and five. Yeah, um, yeah. So just to quickly go through those eleven names um, from the day of recording. Of course, there are games happening tonight, and this could completely skew. And by the time you listen to this, a couple of days from now, it can completely skew. But from the moment of recording this podcast, you've got Luca. Um, number one, thirty-six point seven points. Giannis, thirty-four point four. Jar, thirty-two point six. Donovan Mitchell, thirty-two point two. KD, uh, KD, thirty-two. Trey Young, your favourite player, thirty-one point five. Um, Dame, thirty-one. Shea, SGA hurts me every single time. This week, he's really hurt my feelings. Uh, thirty-one points. Um, Steph, thirty-one. Jason Tatum, thirty point eight. And Kyrie, thirty point five. Um, Big, big uh, performances. But again, we don't know. It's a small sample size. Is this going to continue? Last year, we only had one player finish. And I think it was Joel Embiid. We only had one player finish with averaging 30 points a game. So it'll be interesting to see who dips off that 11. Yeah, and I imagine that if the Nets are going to pick up, that Kyrie's might have to drop a little bit. KD's will need to sustain. Yep. I think he'll need to sustain over 30 points a game. I think Curry's might need to drop a little bit. Um, his usage is obviously very high at the moment. Um, but most of the others, I think, will continue. Certainly, Giannis will, um, particularly while Middleton's out, because, like we said, Middleton is his second guy, and you know he's the main focus. If Cleveland are going to do anything this year, then, then Mitchell um, is going to need to maintain a high po- points per game as well. He's had help, though. Karis LeVert has been putting up numbers as well. Yeah. Uh, starting role through an injury um and they both had 41 recently which yeah. is just the the these like 
duo games that we're seeing. Like you had uh, not too long ago the the amazing game Nets Memphis, where what it was Jar and uh, Bain having thirty eight each at the same time that KD and Kyrie had thirty seven each, and then just a few days later you have the the Cavs with two players getting 41 points each. Oh, was that also against the Nets, right? It might be. It might be. I can't remember now off the top of my head. I should have done my research. But yeah, definitely. I, I know that they both had a big game together. If it is against the Nets, poor Nets. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not poor Nets, depending on how you well, look at actually, things. Actually, because the, the Pacers rookie Matherin drops... 30 against the Nets as well. <laughs> Mate, what, what's, this saying about, what's this saying about the Nets' defence here? Like, yeah. <laughs> what defence? Because uh, haven't they, didn't they bring in Ben Simmons to be a defensive stop? But and uh, Royce O'Neal uh, as well, you know, has been brought in to be a defensive stopper. Uh, Nick Claxton is a defensive player. So you, you've really got three, you know, kind of what I would say, high-tier defensive players. And two scorers in Kyrie um, and Durant. Yet they're, you know, seem to be letting individuals put big numbers against them, and teams are putting big numbers against them. That's why they are one and five at the moment. I think, um, to be honest, mate, that I think they'll be fine as the season goes on. When Seth Curry comes back, their defensive problems will all be solved. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's back. He's Is back. he back now? Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, yeah. He just needed yeah, a warm-up game. That's all it was. They're currently allowing 122 um, points per game, wow. which is the Golden State are also allowing 122. They are topping the, the league, though, 122.2 points, Brooklyn Nets. Wow. That's just mad. And I think we're going to see more yeah. and more more and more big games against them. The thing is, again, like you just don't know. These these teams are going to have big games against them, but they're also going to be scoring a boatload against those teams as well. Like it, This is it. Both those two teams are high-scoring teams, aren't they? Like yeah. the Nets and they're, 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 they both live and die by, by, yeah. by the sword. You, know? <laughs> you yeah. score 120 and we'll score 125. And that's yeah. just how it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. If, if you if you have a good defensive game against us, then all right, fair play. We'll just yeah. we'll, we'll wait to the postseason and see what happens after that. But um, yeah, no, long, long gone are the days of the uh, the, the Pistons in two thousand and four. Like that, that Pistons Lakers series, the games were ending up like seventy five points each. You know. <laughs> So, I mean, we're, we're doubling that now. Yeah, I was gonna say, but if you think about it that way, like games previously ending in like seventy-five each, like that was Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Karis Levert, like in a game. That's mad, isn't it? How yeah. like two players yeah. are scoring what teams used to score for the eight, entire eight, game. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which some teams, you know, still we had teams last year who didn't who didn't make eighty, 82 points uh, in a game. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolute madness. But I mean, talking about uh, Mitchell. Um, and another one of the players that we have on this kind of top 11, 30 uh, kind of players over 30 points a game. Two teams that we were a little bit question, we weren't 100% sure on going into the season that have absolutely stormed it for the first six games as of day of recording this podcast. Um, the Cavs and the Blazers, um, both currently sitting five and one. Um, who would have thought that? Especially the Blazers. Like Dame, Dame time is back and he's absolutely taking no prisoners. Yeah, when we done predictions at the start of the season, I said the Blazers were going to end up in a playing position by a process of elimination. Not because they were good, yeah. but because they were, they were much worse teams than them um, in the West, which there definitely is. I definitely didn't expect them to come out 5-1 and one 
Dame has been unbelievable, but also like uh, Jeremy Grant is, is a great pickup. Um, he, he had the game winner against the Lakers um, recently. Um, Nurkic is coming, you know, kind of doing his thing offensively as he does not so much defensively. Josh Hart is a great role player yeah. um, and he's doing really well. Um, and Anthony Simons, his game stepped up last year when Dame was out and he's continued um, in his good form. He, he reminds me a bit of Tyrese Maxey, actually, you know, somebody who stepped into a starting role, came was coming off the bench, stepped into a starting role because of injuries and game elevated and has then maintained that, that starting role. It's all about just taking your opportunities though isn't it like that's exactly what it is it's it, right yeah. I've, i'm in this starting position this is where i want to be eventually so hey better yeah. sooner rather than later and he's yeah. he's absolutely killed it i was seeing a lot of comparisons i think i saw a video on, on instagram which is where of course you get the best nba content um and there was like a comparison where they were putting like two clips together of dame and uh, anthony simons and some of the individual plays that they were doing against different teams like they were basically offensively the same player which I don't know whether that means that Dame is rubbing up on Simons a little bit or maybe we can see the future Dame with Anthony Simons I don't know but very very similar plays Um, and we we spoke previously didn't we about like it's, it's quite rare that teams have kind of the younger players coming up whilst the older players are still performing at a very very high level yeah, like, yeah you can have that pass. You can have that passing of the torch yeah. almost with Anthony Simons and and Dame. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I know Dame wants to stay there for his whole career, but I would, I, I can't see the Blazers ever being in a position to win a chip, um, even though they are five and one. You know, this season, I, I don't yeah. think they're going to be chip. Um, I, I, I would like to see Dame win a chip at some point, and I do feel like he'll have to leave to do that. So yeah, it might be Anthony Simons' team. Um, at that point because we all thought the Blazers were going into a rebuild you know when they got rid of CJ McCollum um, it was like well who's going to be next to go Um, and obviously Dame's done a rebuild already Dame's done a rebuild when after they had the LaMarcus Aldridge and Nicholas Batum uh, Wesley Matthews team Uh, so he'd done that with with, with CJ and then that that team didn't quite work out and you know he's he's doing it again he he stayed around again but I this is definitely going to be his last time. Surely he's going to want to go and try and win a chip somewhere. Well, I don't think he can necessarily go through another rebuild. What he's like thirty-one now. I mean, if he's if we're going through another couple of years for the likes of Anthony Simons to develop, Dame's going to be forty by the time there's another rebuild. So yeah, I don't. I, he definitely doesn't have another rebuild in, in him. Um, it's just whether or not he wants to stay with Portland and ride ride it until the wheels come off, or yeah. whether or not he wants to. Um, kind of go elsewhere and, and get a chip and I think we also have to consider that maybe for Portland maybe it's out of his hands um, if we have kind of a, a team that is on the brink of winning a chip over the next couple of years they need one more piece to fix it and all of a sudden the Blazers get given a massive bag of all sorts of goodies it might have to be like sorry Dame you might just be going they might make the decision for him yeah absolutely um, and it'd be interesting to see him in maybe you know like a Gary Payton role at the at the Lakers, you know, in the kind of at the end of his career. Um or, or even like, you know, he had like yeah, uh, uh, sorry, more like Gary Payton at the Heat when he actually won something. Um <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the the Lake show didn't didn't work quite work out as well with, with Carmelo's injury. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see him go into a position like that. You can imagine Dame in this Lakers team at the moment. If he was at that Lakers team <sighs> as a starting point guard, yeah. It, it'd be over. It, it would be hard to think of a way that they, they wouldn't win. 
Although we probably thought that when Hang on a minute, this seems familiar. Am I getting deja vu here? <laughs> I like this Ross off the bench though. It's um it's given him confidence. So he's he's playing with confidence because he's the star when he when he comes in. It's giving the guys around him confidence because he draws defense and he's dishing it out to people like Austin Rivers. Um, and it means he's in more of a rhythm when the starters come back in again. And he's still playing with kind of similar minutes to what he was. Um, yeah. It's just that rhythm is different. The, the flow of the game is different. Yeah, I had a little look at the stats for the Denver game. And I know we were just going from 30 point games. I mean, you have to respect the fact that it might not have necessarily been 30 points, but in the win that the Lakers had this week, it was what, 18, 8 and 8 or something like that? Yeah, it was a really, really good stat line off the bench. He still played 31 minutes in comparison to Pat Bev, who I think was about 20 minutes as their quote unquote starting point guard. But you're absolutely right. Like he's just playing more with the ball in his hands, and like who, who would have thunk it that Russ with the ball in his hands means that they're going to get better results? <laughs> but uh, he did seem like he was looking at the highlights um, on on League Pass. He did just seem like he had his swag back. Like he just had his Russ mentality smart. back. Yeah, it, it, he was enjoying it. I think I saw a there was a fan that recorded after the game and he was just walking around the court clapping and every fan was on his was on their feet clapping back at him and bearing in mind last week there was the video again a fan recording it of saying that he was trash and he was coming back out the tunnel giving it all that back so just shows first of all the difficulty of Lakers fans secondly that when he's in a groove he's in a groove and everyone loves it I mean, sports fans are fickle, so fickle. Uh, anyway, you know, you, you, you can, a team or a player can go from a hero to villain. Uh, you're only as good as your last game. Yeah. Um, and that, that goes for everybody. Um, but uh, Russ in particular uh, is an emotional person. And I don't think that's a bad thing, you know, that he, because he, he does care. Um, and even when he's, you know, perceivably playing badly, he still cares. He knows he's not playing well. He's not going to come out and say, I'm shit, I'm, you know, or I'm in a real bad slump and this isn't working, this is what we need to do. Because you have an ego, that's the reason why you're the best in the world. But what he's done is really to change his mentality. He's not moaned about coming off the bench. He's never... Remember when Mello was going to come off the bench for the first time and he was at OKC... AP, they say I've got to come off the bench. <laughs> or, or like when AI had to come off the bench and it just didn't work for him, you know, how yeah. many All-Stars come off the bench? He said, Russ is like, fuck it, I'll come off the bench. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm going to come off there and I'm going to make the team better. And also, like, again, this is one game, one win. But imagine if they play him off the bench for the rest of the season. He averages 18, 8 and 8, which we know that Russ can quite easily do. He gets He gets six man of the year. Yeah. and all of a sudden he can add that to it like do you know what i mean he can no, add... he has ever won six man of the year i don't think so that's... there we go like he can add something else to his trophy case at the end of the year like you never know and i know that is just some people will be listening to this and thinking is one game shut the fuck up but you never know you don't know it might us. just be one game yeah let, 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 let's see what happens but yeah we're fickle as well because we're also sports fans you know so we we, we like oh, yeah. to, to think might happen or what might not after one game exactly i see steve a smith making the most absurd predictions after you know one game he'll completely change what he said the week before because you know someone's won a game or lost a game yeah 
I think maybe what we need to do is we need to be smart in the way that we're giving these uh, takes, mate. I think we need to like add in a, a an extra word just in case. I didn't say he was the best, the one of the best, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some little technicality where we physically can't be wrong. Maybe that's what we need to like practice with this podcast. And we have mentioned many times that that we are terrible at predictions. However. Can we just say I I did say the Lakers were going to win one of the Nuggets games and they did. You laughed at me. Yeah. So I just want to take. I just want to let that publicly known that you laughed at me, but I was right. Okay. Um, I also want to publicly apologise to the Lakers <laughs> for saying that they weren't going to win a game until the end of November. Um, <laughs> against the Pistons. Um, so yeah, I was wrong. But I did say in the episode, the clip, I said, I'm happy to be proved wrong. And I'm sitting here smiling and laughing. So, hey, thank you very much, Lakers and Russell Westbrook. And you're not yeah. going to hear me say that much this year, especially as a Clippers fan. Um, the other team we didn't think was going to be five and two is the Spurs. Where, where has that come from? Someone, <laughs> I'm convinced in every single one of these games, Pop is going to the back like, I told you to fucking lose. Like, I'm sure <laughs> of it. Like, they're supposed to be tanking for Victor Wimbanyama and they're playing great. Like them and the Jazz, they're getting bollocks for every victory. I don't understand it. But (laughs) the the positive of this thing is that it allows other stars to potentially bloom, right? Keldon Johnson's been playing absolutely great over the last however many games and he's definitely going to be a player that whether he stays at the Spurs or not long-term, who knows? But in a league where kind of wings that can shoot the three are a hot commodity he could quite easily find himself on a potential championship contender just from the skills that he has I don't think he's ever going to be like a carrier team on my back type player but this is the opportunity with some of these teams right like if you look at the Jazz if you look at the Spurs teams that they know they should be tanking or should at least be trying to finish at the bottom of the table why not have these individuals boost their stock when it comes closer to the trade deadline? Now, all of a sudden, they're moved on to a top like, 10 oh, team. Yeah, was, but... Exactly, exactly. Or Norman Powell, when he first came over to the Clippers, like he was 20 points a game at the Trailblazers. We acquire him. Granted, he's injured and out for the rest of the season, but that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be, uh, he, he boosted his stock last year. Quick acquisition. He's supposed to help a contender. Unfortunately, it didn't yeah. happen, but yeah. Yeah, he's getting back into a swing though. Actually, I watched him on Sunday. Uh, he'd been through a slump before that, but he he got back into his shooting swing on Sunday, which um, is good to see. I learned. I also watched him on Sunday, but it was very very difficult to pay much attention to his game because the only way I could watch the game on League Pass was the Clippers Baller Vision, and I had to listen to Darren Collison and Paul Pierce commentate a game, which I wouldn't recommend for anyone. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also don't want to talk about that game because of the result. But hey, there's more games to come. There's so many more games to come. Absolutely. Um, the only problem with the, the Spurs and Jazz being good is that I worry that Webby will end up at the, the, the Kings or, or somewhere terrible like that. The Rockets I can deal with. He can be like the second coming of Hakeem. Um, however, I can't deal with him being um, at Orlando um, or the Kings because <laughs> they just ruin like, any kind of prospects that they have. Yeah. Um, I'm sure at some point, the Kings in particular, I, I mean, I know I'm a Knicks fan, but the Kings are the worst run franchise in sports. I, I, I will say that without any hesitation whatsoever. Anytime they have good players, they either ruin them or let them go for nothing. I don't understand what they're trying to do there. There's no process of building at all. 
Well, you say that. There's one other thing that I just wanted to quickly talk about um, before we call it a day on today's uh, Is it podcast. a worse franchise than the Kings? What is it? What is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's, just, it's related to the Kings. It's related to the Kings. We, we, you mentioned we earlier about... Well, kind of, kind of, kind of Kings news. There's lots of other teams that I'm also going to talk about. A couple of them you've just named oh, there. Okay. But um, you mentioned earlier about uh, Benedict Matherin having the 30-point game against um, the, the Nets. Just wanted to spend a little bit of time appreciating some of the top picks from this year's draft class. Um, no surprise, the top five players that are actually playing this year, funnily enough, are the top five players in the rookie rankings. Obviously, Second pick this year, Chet Holmgren, isn't playing for the season, so we can kind of bump him out. But picks one through six, all playing really, really well this year. And what you just mentioned there, getting good players and shifting them on for nothing, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Keegan Murray, who is playing fantastically for the Sacramento Kings, um, currently averaging 18 points, four rebounds, and just over an assist. But he played very, very well against the Clippers uh, a week or so ago um, and seems to be playing good again. So you never know. They might, they might have a, a decent little trio there with Fox, um, Sabonis and Keegan Murray. But again. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they can find a way to fuck that up. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it multiple times over the last 20 years. <laughs> they can absolutely fuck that up. No, no oh. They're yeah, gonna listen. Years, like, the Kings were good twenty years ago, and I haven't done anything since. It's, someone, uh, someone from the Kings is gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "Right, <laughs> bet, Mark, Barney, bet. Barney, <laughs> I love you for listening. <laughs> You're a fantastic player, a great uh, human being, but you have no idea how to run a basketball team. Please stop." Um, also, very pleased to see Paolo doing well. Um, yep. He's just committed to Italy as his national team as well, which. Definitely, yeah, adds a lot to, to them internationally. It's exciting. More international stars in the league and it's only going to help international basketball and the NBA as a whole. And I think with that positive note, probably a good opportunity for us to just round out the podcast, Mark, and say thank you for listening um, to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you go and follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops uh, hoops and Recreation. And also just let us know what you thought about this uh, new format of podcast. Like I said, you're going to be expecting these every other week alongside the normal hoops and recreation show let us know what you think and uh, we can do what we can to improve whenever we can but uh, with that catch you next time guys goodbye